0: Our world is changing fast, and we need to adapt. If we want to survive, we need a new paradigm how we work and live our lives. If business organizations want to survive, they need to shift their approach to human resources, employment and leadership altogether. The old paradigm is not working anymore. Let's talk about it. Welcome to the Energy Paradigm Show. Too many people are suffering. Too many people medicate to get through a normal day. Too many people live a life of quiet desperation instead of shining their light. That's where the energy paradigm comes in. A radical shift in mindset that takes us from the impersonal to the personal. From treating us like machines to treating us like human beings. We need a new form of human sustainability, where organizations actually take care of their most important asset – you – and where you truly lead your life. Each episode we have a fascinating discussion with an outstanding person, a game changer, about what we can do to change the paradigm of how we work, do business and lead our lives. We talk about their struggles, what made them become a game changer and how they carry their message into the world. And we learn what ultimately drives those outstanding individuals to take a stand to inspire, to build a legacy and leave their mark for humanity. So, who are we? And why are we doing this? We are ordinary people, who one day woke up and discovered that this is not the life we've envisioned for ourselves. Our energy was gone. We were disengaged, we felt empty, tired and depleted, and we were desperate for change. We knew that we needed to find a new way to make it all work, a new paradigm that would give our lives direction and purpose. This show has been created because we believe the world will be a better place when we start treating people like human beings. We believe that everyone has talent and purpose and deserves a chance to shine, to matter, to make a difference. That's the energy paradigm. Can you envision a life you want to subscribe to? Enough dreaming. Deep down inside, there is a game-changer in you. It's time to wake up and take action. In our second episode, I chat with Carolyn Pars, a marketing expert, a serial entrepreneur, a branding consultant, and an avid advocate for green living and an activist and game changer for women in business. Not only is Carolyn the CEO of her own marketing agency, Mind Over Markets, she is also the founder of two networks, Women of Green and Women as Game Changers, with a vast international following. We talk about how Carolyn got into marketing, how she left New York for beautiful Santa Fe, And how she became a game changer for women in business. We'll discuss women in leadership, why it matters to empower women, why her marketing company supports green business, how women can change the world, and her most important lessons that changed her own life. And here's Carolyn. Welcome to the show, Carolyn.
1: So great to be here, Victor. Thank you for having me.
0: Of course, the pleasure is on my side. Let's start from the beginning. How did you get into marketing?
1: In college, the easiest A I ever got was an advertising writing course, and it was so much fun. I loved, you know, oral communications and then uh, writing classes. And and when I took my the intro to advertising, it was a fun class that came it came so naturally. And I had a way of, you know, kind of putting words together in a clever way. And so when I uh, graduated from college, I lived in New York, I hit Madison Avenue looking for a job in advertising and I got a job as a receptionist on Fifth Avenue and that began my career.
0: And from there you climbed up the ladder on Madison Avenue?
1: Well, I was, I was at, only on Madison Avenue for about eight years. I worked for a very small advertising agency called John Paul Edda, but he had a lot big accounts like Cody Perfume and Aer Lingus, the Irish airline. And I got to, because it was such a small company, I got to get my hands in everything. And um, from the get-go, I was working you know right alongside the, the CEO, John, and helping him with campaigns and just answering telephones like you do as a receptionist. So I had a, a great opportunity to just dive in deep. And then after I left John Paul, Itter, I really knew that I wanted to be a copywriter. And my next job was at Benton and Bowles, which is a very big advertising agency on Madison Avenue. And I worked on brands like General Foods, at and IBM, Sports Illustrated. So really bigger brands, and doing writing, right? And uh, that was, that's when I felt like I hit the big time, you know, and my my first salary was, I made $9,000 a year. (laughs) Now this is back in the eighties. And then the next time I got the job, I tripled that. And I thought I was like in the money. (laughs) And I'm like, I'm ready to be a creative director now. And then I went to Wonderman Worldwide and they were a sister company of Y&R, Young and Rubicon and worked on more you know bigger brands
0: what was the biggest takeaway what have you learned on madison avenue
1: i really learned on madison avenue the value of a brand and how your brand is your equity and that is when people buy products right they buy really they're buying your brand and so that's why those big companies put millions and millions and millions of dollars on on building their their name
0: It seems like branding has become such an important part of business.
1: Yes, I mean, what the big, especially for the work that I do right now, because I work with um, smaller companies and entrepreneurs um, for the last 20 years. And what I tell them is that, you know, a big idea doesn't have to cost a lot of money. Right. So I really emphasize Bill, you know, doing the deep branding work and getting to the heart of what you stand for in the marketplace, what you stand for in your life. And that, that thinking I brought through right through my career and helping uh, entrepreneurs and smaller companies build their voice and, their, and claim their power in the marketplace as well. So that's probably my biggest takeaway from Madison Avenue.
0: Today, you're based out of Santa Fe, New Mexico, and you're the CEO of Mind Over Markets. How did you get there?
1: I'll back up a little bit because before Mind Over Markets, what I did is I, I ended up... On Madison Avenue, I met my husband, um, my then husband, and we started uh, a company, a consumer products company called Poochie, which was one of the first fashion dog apparel and accessory companies. Again, this was late 80s, early 90s. It didn't exist back then. And what we did is we took our branding and our marketing know-how, and we designed the products and started a company on our own. And, you know, it began in our basement. And... Four years later, we ended up selling that to a multi-billion dollar company. And back to brand, that's what I learned. I knew nothing about dog sweaters or collars or leashes or anything on how to make that. That was a big learning curve. But what I did know how to do is market and and build a brand. And that's where the success came. Now, after I sold that company, I did a lot of consulting. And then when we moved to Santa Fe, um, because of my... My lifestyle and, and my belief structure is really in uh, you know sustainability and green. I was like trying to marry my own value system with the products and the services that I wanted to help promote. And that was the big shift that Mind Over Markets, which is what Mind Over Markets uh, does, is green marketing, sustainability, purpose-driven businesses, helping them brand our tagline is building brands and a better world so the companies we work with are really want to have big impact on the planet and we help them get there and brand is a very big part of it and when i moved to santa fe which is a very you know small and well-known city but green it was a perfect place to really start that business
0: you created two movements women of green and women as game changers
1: Yes. So Women of Green came out of everything like grew out of, you know, my my focus on green marketing. And Women of Green started as doing marketing for smaller companies and a lot of women entrepreneurs. I decided to become a coach and I got my coach's certification because I found out so often that even in, when I would be coaching or helping people with the marketing, other things would arise, mindsets and belief structures that stood in the way of their business. And I felt as a coach, I could help them on two levels. So my niche was women in green businesses back then. And I heard story after story, amazing stories of women and mothers that were starting businesses to not only you know, help them with their bottom line, but really to create change on the planet in a big way. And these stories needed to get out there. I, I couldn't believe that they were not they were not communicated in a big way. And so I remember sitting, watching Al Gore's movie, The Inconvenient Truth, right? And I got out of the movie theater and going, all right, what can I do? What, what, what can I personally do to help create this change? And I said, uh, I'm a marketer and I'm a communicator. I'm going to communicate and I'm going to start this, which started off as a podcast, just like this, Victor, a podcast and interview women who are doing amazing things on the planet, are creating change. And that's how Women of Green started. And today, you know, it's been like five years later women are green blossomed into not only a blog but also we did a conference last year and and we do coaching and that's how women as game changers came to be because what we learned is even though i, I focused in on women with green businesses a lot of the women that I were attracting were not just quote environmentalist or in the environmental field they were they might have had social uh, projects or socially focused enterprises that were beyond just the environment. So that's why we broadened it out to Women as Game Changers. And we did a summit last year. Um, I partnered with the US Green Chamber on a a Women as Game Changers Summit. And that was kind of like the big launch.
0: From your experience and especially supporting women, what would you tell women who have a business idea and feel they aren't ready yet or maybe they they feel like they're not good enough?
1: Ah, see, think this is like a perfect lead into what Women as Game Changers is about. What I learned through many interviews with women was that we, it is so important to us, for not only to have really good business skills, but also the, our inner life and our confidence and those belief structures and scripts that happen in our minds, so often we derail ourselves not by what we don't know in business, but what we think we don't know, or our own self-confidence. It happens. All, it happened all the time with the coaching that I've done in the past. So I partnered with um, a, a longtime colleague and friend of mine called Davy Records, and we created together a training model called Women as Game Changers, which is actually threefold. We do business building skills such as branding and growing your tribe and collaboration. All those that what you need to start a, a strong foundation for a business, but also uh, right alongside that, we do the inner game skills on on really getting to know what our personal derailers are. What are the things that get us off the path, and sometimes could just you know level our business because we have a belief about something which may not be true. And then the third prong to that is uh, it's enveloped in a very supportive. Community of other women game changers, and that combination—it's really, really powerful. So Davy became my partner. So she's brilliant at the inner game, and I help with the—you know—help with that and the out and teaching the outer game. And together, um, we help women entrepreneurs who want to make an impact in the planet be as successful as they can.
0: How did you tackle your inner game?
1: Ah, I have davy <laughs> 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 I'm not kidding. Let me tell you a story. Last year was one of the most intense years of my life. I had, uh, there were personal things that were happening in my family that were derailing me. And I had this big conference that I had planned, you know, it was last October and it was around the summertime. I was almost ready to bail on it, literally, because I didn't know how I was going to do it. With all that was going on in my life, and also handle that as well, because I, you know, it was a women Green conference, right? And I got very close to saying I push it off to another year or or not do it at all. And if it weren't for this model and Davie's help, the support I had with her to reframe what I was doing, um, and then being able to delegate more and collaborate more. I think the fact that i let go of things made it stronger, right? And my tendency is to be hands-on, right? And I, you know, you know making sure all the things are working together and I couldn't do that. And I had to let go and allow the brilliance and, and the genius of other women who are helping me do their thing. And I can't tell, I can't tell you, it, it was one of the most profound experiences in my life because I learned a lot about myself and I learned a lot about what it takes to be a great leader.
0: I think you touched on a very important topic here. I've seen that in my over 20 years of profiling and assessing people. People who are naturally inclined to help others have a very hard time asking for help (laughs) and asking for support. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So this leads to my next question. Supporting women, is that something that you had to learn yourself or was it encouraged from early Mm. on?
1: Thank you for that question. You know, I reflected on that uh, just recently, and I remember conversations with my mother when I must have been just preteen. And she was, I really think my mother was one of the early feminists. <laughs> she really believed in the power of the feminine, right? And I think she felt a little squelched in her life. So she was even like, she was making sure her first her first daughter had... Uh, had an understanding of that, and um, so I, that was kind of implanted in my head, you know. And I, you know, and I, it wasn't something like I went out as a young person and took all women's studies classes. As a matter of fact, I didn't even take one of them in college. <laughs> but when I got out into the workplace and I saw that things were not equal, and they are not still, they are not. but They're getting better, but they are not. It was it was it's something sparked in me and said, I have to really help balance this out right? And that was a, that was that piece of coaching that I really focused on because I saw when the women were not blowing their own horn. They were not letting people know what they were doing. They were doing it quietly. And sometimes, and sometimes always asking permission of others before they made a, a decision. So I was seeing these things that arise in women. And I said, I have to, I have, I felt like that was part of my, Dharma. That was part of what I needed to do on the planet. And so that seed started, like I said, at an early age, but it really didn't blossom until I would say maybe 10 years ago when I really dove into, you know, helping women in business.
0: Why empower women?
1: Why empower women? Well, just look at the planet right now, Victor. How are we doing? I believe more than anything in the world that if we had integration between the masculine and the feminine that this world would be a more sustainable healthy and just place to live i truly truly deeply believe that okay and i think i'm not the only one out there that believes that i mean look what happened in you know on january 21st this year that uh, Uh, 4.4.5 million women got together because things are not going so well and, um and I just think that right now it's there's this energy of women rising through the workplace women rising in jobs in, in in their family structures in their communities and when we see more women in places of power that are integrated with men it's not either or it's a blend we're it's already proven that companies are more successful they're more integrated they make more money when it when the when there's women and men are um, on boards that are equally based. And so I believe that, you know, it's that it's going to help everyone all along, right? Now, generally we think of women as nurturers and they take care, but women lead differently too. And we need that integration of, of, of how women lead, which brings in collaboration, sometimes vulnerability, listening skills more, right? Not that we don't have, we can't get out there and do, you know, I know for myself, I have a lot of masculine in me and I get out there, you know, as a CEO and make things happen. But that blend is what I think the planet needs right now. And I think it would make a more healthier place to live.
0: No, I know you as a woman who can take a stance, who is very powerful and Who can be loud to shake (laughs) up people, right?
1: Yes, unfortunately, this is true about me.
0: (laughs) How did you become a game changer yourself? Was there a specific event, like aha moment in your life that made you want to help and support women?
1: Ah, you know, I don't know if it was an aha moment. I just know I'm following my heart and and what I truly believe in and my values. And when you can do that and get paid for it at the same time, That is heaven, right? And so, but, you know, it took me a while to get to that place, right? To be able to make this my life work. But um, I don't know if it was an aha moment. It was more of a, I just thought, I just saw things that were just, you know, unjust or inequality going on and on and on. And I didn't like it. You know, I saw that a lot of times I would put twice as much effort into something or work twice as hard and not get paid the same right and and that i'm not to blame men i have to take that responsibility for myself that i sometimes feel like i have to overdo it to just be at at another level at the same level as a guy right and so women sometimes just um you know we're we're in the workplace more than we ever have been before but we're still not at that level of big decision making
0: That's a very relevant topic. I've observed that myself, that women, in order to climb the career ladder and in order to become vastly successful, that they almost stop being women, that they become men and that they become the male type leader.
1: I think you are absolutely right. If we look at the career of uh, Hillary Clinton. Now, Hillary has gone, whether you like her or not, she has gone far in an incredibly masculine driven government and she she had to really bring her masculine into it to make that happen she ended up still not getting to be the president of the united states and i think a lot of it had to do with the fact that she was actually too masculine that i didn't get enough heart we got so much heart from obama right and i didn't get it from her i wanted to see more of her vulnerability and her feminine side i think that would have helped her a lot in it because she had she had my vote you see that we had to become take on some of that masculine energy and skills in order to make it through to quote break the glass ceiling right and what we're seeing now is we're able to it's just happening slowly but women are be able to becoming women more because they're reaching you know uh, heights different heights for example Women are starting businesses twice as fast as men are. Right? Why is that happening? Right? Because they, you know, you can only go so far, and they're like, you know, I'm a really smart, uh, skillful person. I need, I want to take my life to another level, and they start their own businesses and they leave. I, I wish, and I, and this, and I speak for myself too, to bring more of that. Become aware of those innate skills and call them feminine or what have you, skills that we bring into the workplace and how they can transform the workplace for the better, right? I wanna see more of that. And by the way, Victor, you have feminine skills that I've seen. You have a lot of heart, right? And honesty, and I I could feel that when you speak and you're one of the few men out there that are helping make this happen.
0: Thank you. And you know what? Throughout my career, I've been told that I'm too sensitive and that I am take things too personally, you know, mm. um, so, so that is men criticizing my female side. Right. Right. But that female side helps me in interview situations. It helps me with collaboration. It helps me understanding and listening.
1: Totally. And making and making a connection, so. right? A really authentic connection.
0: Absolutely. So
1: yes. don't don't get rid of that, that's for sure.
0: <laughs> Definitely not. Carolyn, what can organizations do to empower women?
1: Well, I think what they can do is realize they are women, right? And um, I mean, there's just like really basic and physical things, such as like allowing, you know, women, we have children, allowing for that, giving them flexibility with time. And that doesn't mean we work any less. Sometimes we work twice as hard. I know for me, I do. And also uh, looking at pay and, and making that more transparent. I, I just read that. Yesterday, Ivanka Trump met with the chancellor of Germany because Germany passed this March equal pay legislation to narrow the pay gap, right? And bring more transparency to that, right? So these are the kind of things that we need to be looking at even more. And um, also seeing more women at the sea level is, is really important. More women on the board is really important. Um break, helping helping those women break through the glass ceilings is more important. Having leadership training less of a male-based model and more integrated on how women think, feel, and act. So it's not the same old, same old. I think it's our time right now.
0: I like that. And you know, you touched on something very important before when you said that organizations should, allow women to stay women and to tap into their capabilities and and foster them this is something that that we strongly believe the energy paradigm is all about that it is about not pegging people into prefabricated roles but assessing their capabilities and their personality and what they their talent what they can bring to the plate and then develop the organization around that and i think that would be uh, very in- inclusive of everybody.
1: Right. So, so, you know, you work in organizations, Victor. Let me, let me ask you a question on this topic. Sure. Like, how do you, given what, you know, what's happening in the, in, the, in the workplace right now with women, how do you see women be able to be more, uh, more advanced and allowing themselves to be who they are, their true, you know, genuine self? What needs to be done in organizations for that to happen?
0: In your view, <laughs> fix, fix the insecurity of men. <laughs> you <therapy>? know, often, <laughs> often I've observed that. Often, often, in, in many teams that I've worked in and in many organizations that I've been doing consulting in or working in, the women were those who worked harder. The women were those who put in more effort. The women were those who unfortunately held back. Mm. And uh, I I think it has to do with self-esteem. It has to do with self-confidence. It has to do with wanting to expose yourself. You mentioned the vulnerability. So it is Mm -hmm. stepping out there and just taking a leap of faith and standing up for your thoughts, your convictions, and not backing down. Right. I think that is what would make a big difference,
1: right? And what you've said about not backing down—that uh, and there's an, uh, numerous studies uh, with women who, when they're given um, something to negotiate, right, or even even a pay raise, that, that they they just accept. That's not all women, but mo- but in this in the studies that women do not challenge that, right? In negotiation, they accept what's given to them instead of saying, wait a minute, and and have some negotiation skills to get what they really want, right? And with men, generally, that's not necessarily an issue, right? That's part of the game. With women, it's like, thank you. Thank you so much for that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, unfortunately, right? Yeah.
1: I love to negotiate. So, um, it's, it's, (laughs) it's kind of fun for me to see, it's like, ooh, you know, because I'll have something in mind. Not that I don't feel nervous like others do, but um, to feel your self-worth and right, and come in there and put it on the table, right? Yes,
0: but it, not in a male way, Right. in a female way, in a loving way, in an understanding way, in an accepting way. And I think that makes the difference.
1: I think so too. And even though I am in a female body, I have to learn that. I re, I ha, it's like I have to relearn that because I have been since I've been, you know, at a college in the workforce and i have learned and i you know i was in the workforce in the 80s i started in the 80s right a lot has changed since then and you were looking at the millennials today they're not fighting the fights that we did back then right um so i have to relearn how to be you know just allow my feminine nature to come out more i really have to be conscious of that because it's been especially in the business realm I go into another mode often, right? Yeah. I just go in, and then when I have in my personal life, I can blend I can blend it better. But to be able to allow those skills, I really think you can go far with them. And, and the times that I've tried it, as a matter of fact, I tried it yesterday, I called up a client of mine, and I had an issue that I had to take care of, and I had to take a breath, and I got into my body, and I grounded myself, and I said, remember, Carolyn, you're a girl. <laughs> and I got on the phone. <laughs> And it was a beautiful conversation. Instead of me coming at it like with a yeah. bam, I came out of like a, it was like a, it'll, you know, of, of a c- connection and, and two human beings having a conversation and
0: honoring both. Yes. Of that. And you know, we all, you said it before, um, we all have both sides in us. And I think it is knowing how to work both and knowing how to have a balance between both. I mean, I, I can be very yeah. assertive and male and, and demolish something. And then I can be very right. feeling and listening and supportive. And, and I think it's the situation needs to bring out the right mode.
1: That is absolutely true. And as my mother would say, Carolyn, you get more bees with honey than you do vinegar. There you go. <laughs> so thanks, mom. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now... You already mentioned it before, but I would like to go there one more time. If you had all the means in the world and no obstacles at all, what's your wish for women?
1: It is the conscious integration of the masculine and feminine. Yeah. Right. And then yeah. knowing that we're all in this together. Oh, my goodness. If we came from that, we're, that we're truly all in this together, it, the world would look a whole lot different than it does right now. I would love women to actually honor who they are, claim their power and and being able to stand in their ground and their space in in let's just say in any situation, whether it's business or community or family.
0: You truly are a powerhouse. Where does that energy come from?
1: You know what, it comes from, like, like this conversation, for example, is giving me a ton of energy because I'm speaking from a place of of a deep love, right? A deep commitment, a deep realization of why why I am on this planet. What is my purpose right now? That's, that is an energy valve, right? When you're working there, right? And so um, then you have to do, that's not always what happens in your life, right? So I take care of myself, right? Great. I... I ski, I exercise, I ski, I get out in the fresh air. Nature is medicine for me. I walk my dogs and I, I work out. I get massages. I get my nails done <laughs> and I have fun with my girlfriends and boyfriends.
0: Let's get a little bit more philosophical. Okay. What is the one piece of advice that would have changed your life early on?
1: <sighs> one piece of advice would have been carolyn no matter what be yourself no matter what no matter where carolyn be yourself i think i tried to be it early on other people right and uh and and, and or took advice from others that wasn't really me you know even my parents as much as they love me right so but if i had that advice that no matter what you be yourself and be true to yourself be true to your heart Oh, my God, <laughs> I probably would have, you know, I probably would have, would have just been, you know, had more confidence in wherever I went if that was ingrained in me from a very, very young age, I think.
0: You know, I am a father of two little girls and I admire that you seem so comfortable and in tune with yourself. What advice would you give young girls as they grow up and start their own life? Oh,
1: yeah, I have a, I have a daughter too. You know what? Let them listen to this conversation <laughs> that we are, we're having right now. That they are powerful in in who they are. In, in like let them really get to know what feminine power is. Their way, not my way, not Gloria Steinem's way. But let them to know that the, the, the value of the power of the feminine is what is needed so much on the planet right now and let them like find that in themselves and give them ways to do that. Maybe getting out in nature, you know, you know, they don't call it mother nature for nothing Um, and giving them ways to express themselves from, you know, from their, from who they are as a girl. You know, I love that campaign run like a girl. Have you, have you seen that?
0: I have. And it's fantastic.
1: Ah, oh, yeah. So right, you know, it's only the perception of what "run like a girl" means. But meanwhile, these girls are like, you know, kicking ass. <laughs> so just to be um, know that being a woman is a value and uh, 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 in anything, right, and not a deficit.
0: Carolyn, I have nothing to add to this. Thank you so much for shining your light. Uh, for using your voice to encourage, train, and mentor other women.
1: Oh, thank you so much, Victor. It was so much fun to talk to you about this.
0: Absolutely. The pleasure is on my side. I'm honored. And I have one more question for you that also might be of interest for our listeners. How can people find you?
1: Okay. We just launched our Women as Game Changers uh, site. So womenasgamechangers.com. Women of Green is a blog and also on Facebook. Um, mindovermarkets.com is my marketing company. But I mostly would like to invite you to Facebook Women as Game Changers with Carolyn and Davey, and that's D-E-V-I.
0: So great to have you on our show. Thank you very much, Carolyn.
1: Thank you, Victor. You have a great day.
0: Thank you for listening. If you're interested in learning more about the energy paradigm, please visit our website theenergyparadigm.com. Like us on Facebook, connect with us on LinkedIn, watch us on YouTube. It's time to change the paradigm. You can do your share by spreading the word and by shining your light. Have an energized day.